is now. There it is. Look at that. What's up? How you liking the new truck? Yeah. Oh, I got you. Well, that ain't no good. <laughs> Cold weather. It's 70-something degrees outside today. It was, it was nice today. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. December 3rd. That's not Friday. It is a Friday. Oh, where are we going? What are we doing? second should be rolling here in just a second and uh yeah nice day today huh man it's been nice 
it was cold this morning and then it warmed up and so yeah it's it's nice it's 60 degrees right now so it's i like it i like it a lot it's better than being 80 at night time that bothers me i don't like it when it's so hot it don't even get cool at night time like at all that's 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 what is so bad okay i figured so yeah, it drives the electric bill up too. So December I left the bill last year was sixty six dollars. Sixty six bucks. That's awesome. I like those. You don't see that too much anymore. No, you don't. A lot of electric trailers are four hundred dollars. Good gracious. Yeah, my friend worked for me a long time. Said I was electric bill ten years ago was four hundred ninety dollars. Well, close the doors and windows when you run your hair. Yeah. Heck yeah. So what we're going to be in John 13. If y'all want to flip over to John 13, we're going to talk about foot washing. Washing, washing feet, man. I was, um, I know. Yeah, washing feet is something else. It is something else. So let's pray and then we're going to jump into it. Father, we thank you. We are so grateful for so many things. But we're mostly grateful for your love, the blood of Jesus, the example that you set for us, God, in so many ways. We bless you. We honor you in so much. For you are king and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, yeah, so we're going to talk about washing feet, among some other stuff tonight, hopefully. Um, you don't ever wash your feet? Is it? Do what? Yeah, Peter says, you never wash my feet. Uh, that was a bad thing to say. He's like, oh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about some. I love talking about context of where this come from. Um, foot washing. Definitely a, a, a act of necessity for comfort back then. Cleans, cleanliness. Uh, because everybody wore sandals. Uh, that was the way around, mostly. And mostly their feet were dirty, their sandals were made out of, you know, leather uh, that was, you know, handmade and it took a while to make them. Uh, leather, leather sandals, uh, what they, the common word, it was actually called a boot, uh, but it wasn't a boot, it was just a, a sandal. Uh, some people call it a, uh, a um, check. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> Come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Could be. No, you no biggie. Yeah. That's better. There you go. So definitely... Um, a necessity that had to happen on a daily basis. Um, washing feet 
was a must. Washing your own feet was a must. And so if you, if you had, you know, a bath every day, which was still not common to bathe every day, unless you were a rich, rich person, you didn't take a bath every day. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the baths were uh, public. They didn't have, you know, you didn't have a bathroom in your house. It, it was out, out in the town or, you know, if you had a, um, an, an outhouse type in your house, a bucket, uh, usually that, that made it to the road. And so you threw your exits on the, on the curb and let it go on down. So you, you walk through that stuff. That was a daily, a daily stuff. So your feet were nasty. I mean, just nasty. And, um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, imagine washing feet like that. Daily, today's feet, we got socks and shoes on all the time. It, it stays pretty clean. But back then, man, you may have had some stuff between your toes. You know, <laughs> you had some leftovers. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, customarily, when you went into somebody's house, they would provide water for your feet. It just wasn't, you just didn't go up into somebody's house and I'd be like, hey, here's my slave and they'll wash it. Well, you wash your own feet. They're that bad. It's just, it's not something that even a slave wanted to do, you know. Um, now it was customarily for their, the slaves to wash their master's feet, but it was not custom for my slave to wash your feet when you come to my house. No, here's some water, here's some stuff, wash these stanky feet and come on inside. That's just how they, how they did it. Um, we read in Judges uh, 19 and 21, so he brought him in his house and gave him, him gave his donkey food and they washed their feet and they ate and drank. All right. Um, I love this on, in Luke 7 and 44 it says, then turning towards the woman, he said to, to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her, with her tears and wiped them with her hair. It's confirming right there, hey, you didn't give me no water for my feet when I come to your house. It's very customary to, hey, if you're coming into my house, wash your feet. Now you did have a, um, a lot of the homes had like an outside, more like a porch type, uh, what do they call it? A, um, uh, what's it called? Mud like a mud room. Yeah, something like that, but like a, it's not like a, I don't know why pergola stuck in my, my head. Um, but a, maybe like a breezeway, yeah. And so they would, that's usually where the, the cleaning took place before you actually come into the door door. And so, um, but yeah, feet washing. Foot washing was regarded as a lowly task. Um, I mean, it was, it was a dirty job. And Mark, Mark chapter one, he said, and he preached saying, after me comes one who is mightier than I, the thong of those sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. 
I cried here for about 10 minutes today. Because it's, it's John. John said, I, I ain't even worthy enough to wash his feet. He's identifying lesser than a slave. Now this is Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, John the baptizer, the one who went before the Lord, the one who was filled with the Spirit of God, and he has the humility to say this. Man, this set me back hard today. Really hard in my spirit. Not joking, but that sounds almost like the spirit in for him. He was always... Yeah, humble. Putting others first. He did that. He said, I, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals to stoop down and to wash his feet. See, that takes it to a whole nother level. That takes it to a place that, that man, that Jesus didn't even go. And he didn't. I mean, that, that's an indication of just a phenomenal humility. You can't you can't not know God in that way and say those types of words. You can't recognize that. Not without the Spirit of God in you. I mean, it's just a sign of exceptional love. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, here in John 13, which we're going to get into in detail a little bit, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also wash the feet of one another. And in Luke 7, it says, and behold, a, and that's 7 and 37. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. When she learned that she was, he was at a table, the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to weep at his feet. And the, and the, Tears, of course we know we, they fell to his feet and she wiped them with her, with her hair and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Hmm. Yet that goes to a whole nother level. Knowing the nastiness of one's feet she begins to weep in such a way that she could wash his feet with it knowing the dusty climate the nasty roads 
the feces that was probably on them as well from just traveling. She began to weep. But her love for him removed any pride that she had. Because they were at a Pharisee's house. And at that point, she didn't care. She didn't care where, he, where she was. I know I've been there in my life where I just knew I had to latch on to Jesus and I didn't care who was watching. Kind of like David. David didn't care who was watching. He danced until his clothes fell off. Man, what a place. What a, what a place feet washing will take us to. To weep so much that you wet his feet and dry him with, his, with your hair. And then kiss the feet. That's a, that's a whole other can of worms. It's kissing somebody's feet. <coughs> and then anointed them. He said, but now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw it, he said to, my, said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is that is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him. I love that. He was thinking it, but Jesus answered him. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, what is it, teacher? A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Then they could not, then they could not pay. He forgave them both. That's in Luke 7 and 30, 42. When they could not pay, he forgave them both. Now, which of them would love him more? Simon answered, the one who, the one I suppose to whom he forgave more. He says, you have rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman. And he says, your sins are forgiven. You know, the humility of her act showed her love in her repentance. Because she did not say anything. But her actions did all the talking. See, the Bible says we'll know them by the fruits that they bear, not by the words that they say. And that is so good. It is so good to see people weep before the Lord in repentance in such a way that man and everyone knows around them that they are sincere unto the Lord. To me, that's, that's repentance. To me, that is being humble before the Lord and showing an act of kindness that really he can un only understand. Um, as we read in and, uh, one, probably one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, to, to me personally, is Psalm 51, the Psalm of David, the Psalm of Repentance after Bathsheba and killing her husband, you know, 
it's, um, it's just incredible to watch. I'm going to pull that up right there. Yeah, right here. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now, what just happened? She just got washed. She was washing his feet, but at the same time, God was washing her sin. It don't get no better than that. Her act of love towards him showed him everything he needed to know about her position of her heart. It says, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For her love for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. You know, I've said that a lot in my life. And I make it real clear that those who have been forgiven little loves little or has the ability to love little because they don't understand what they've been forgiven of or the magnitude of what they've been forgiven of. But when a person understands their many sins have been washed and the deserving nature of their sin, to me, there's no going back. To me, it's like, you know, I'm Baptist for a moment in my life, you know. I literally get what you preach all the time is, you know, once saved, always saved. It's not true, but... How can somebody, how can somebody re just return from that? To me, there's, it would be really, really hard to, to let that go. Like me, there's, there's no way for me to backslide unless I just completely walk away from God. And then sin creeps in my life and does what it does. Just like if we just walk over there and flip the switch, the power don't stay on. Darkness comes automatically. It takes power to keep the lights on. But darkness, darkness is free for everybody. It will invade everything that does not have light in it. And, um, and in that, it would be hard to walk away from God because I know what I've done in my life and I know the forgiveness that I've been, or the degree that what I've been forgiven of, there just, just ain't no way. I, me, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't understand walking away from God. Be tough. Not after I've had my my feet washed. And so, all right. I want to jump into what you got, brother Tommy. You look like you got something. Oh, go ahead, oh, go ahead with it. Okay. And I just now found the scripture. 
powerful scriptures than the ones that say just receive Christ to be saved. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we, we pull it out of Revelations. We pull it out of so many scriptures. Hebrews is, full of Hebrews is yeah, it's packed with it. All right. Someone we reading from John 13. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put in his heart for Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things in his hand, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment and took a towel, tied it around his waist, Okay, so you usually have a garment around your groin area, and then you had a tunic type coat over that. So he took off his outer garment. It's what you did when you got to work. When it was time to work, you took off your nice little jacket and you went went to work. Um, Pretty exposed. It wasn't a it wasn't a time for women to be around. It wasn't time for um, modesty because he wasn't wearing much. But he took a towel and he wrapped it around his waist. When he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel that he had wrapped around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. And I like how this reads. He was washing the disciples' feet and wiping them with the towel. And nobody is probably saying anything. I bet it's just dead silence in there. They are computing in their head, why is Jesus doing this? Why now, Jesus at the head of the table gets up and goes around and, and people are turning away from the table and he's washing feet. And they're like, what is going on? I mean, this is like running to a three-eyed dog. Why is this happening? But he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do not wash my feet. Hmm. Yeah. Do not wash my feet. I've been there in my life. That I've had so much shame in my life that I didn't want to be forgiven. I didn't want to repent at that moment because I've just felt so much shame in my life. I just told God, don't wash my feet. I don't know if it was unworthiness 
or pride? I don't know. It's been a while ago. But I knew I just did not, I just didn't want it. I couldn't tell you why. Maybe it would have been shame. I don't know. It took me a while to really catch myself and understand when you grow up without a dad and without that love, without that assurance that it's just going to be okay, son. It took me a while to, to really capture God's heart in that forgiveness. And I didn't understand slow to anger. I understood anger in a rapid pace at that. So maybe Peter had some stuff going on in his life. And we know Peter, <laughs> uh, he was not few of words. We know that. Peter always had something to say. Uh, that's what got him in trouble quite often. Uh, Peter was... Uh, Peter was Peter. He says, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him an odd thing. He said, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no share of me. And so they couldn't understand this then. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing, but it had to be done. And Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no share in me. Now Peter takes it to a place that no disciple did. He said, Lord, not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head. Well, why did he say that? I've read a lot of commentary in my life. And there's not a lot on that. The only thing that I have done my, that, that made sense, now there's some commentary out there that makes sense, that Peter would say this. Now, Peter's we know, is a, is a fisherman. But to say what Peter says, to read Peter, the book of Peter, um, to hear P Peter speak, to understand Peter's maybe cockiness in a way. He was not a dumb guy. Peter was smart. Um, one, one of the reasons is why he said this, and I love that this is in here. When a priest went and got ceremonial, ceremonial cleansed, they would take blood and they would put it on the ear and they would take blood and they'd put it on the right thumb. And they'd take blood and they'd put it on the right toe. That's really the only cross-reference that I can really find um, that, that just made sense in my spirit. Uh, there, there's some catchy commentary out there, but most of them was garbage. And I'm thinking... Peter, you probably didn't say this just out of rebuttal. You probably said this just because God put it in your spirit.
Because cleaning a man's head was signifying that you were right in the mind before the Lord. Cleaning his hands was doing the work of the Lord. And in his big toe is blessing everything he, he does and he goes, goes to do. So I don't think he did that on accident. Um, I wish I'd have been a fly on the wall right then. But, um, but that's what he says. And Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew he, he for he knew who was about to betray him. That's why he said, Not all of you are clean. And so when he had washed the feet and put, out, put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash feet of one another. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done. Truly, truly. Okay. Some people don't know this. When you find a double word like that, um, it, it literally just means like song of song, king of kings, lord of lords. All those, all those double stacked words like that literally just means the best of the best okay it's that's that's just what it means so he's like truly truly he's like i really mean this i say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him if you know these things blessed are you if you do them I am not speaking of all, I'm not speaking of all of you. I know who I am, I know whom I have chosen. He's talking about Judas. But the scriptures will be fulfilled. He who ate the bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, uh, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And I love that. I mean, Jesus is just, he, he, he does what? I love that Jesus, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I said, is Jesus more spiritual than he is intellectually? I said, yeah. You never see Jesus not quote scripture. He always uses the Old Testament. Always. I mean, what, is it, what does he do the whole time in the New Testament? Scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. 
New Testament is Old Testament reveal. If we cannot preach or if we do not understand the OT, we will not understand the New Testament at all. Because even Jesus was a scholar of it. He started at the age of 12. He knew he left his mom and daddy. He said, hey, don't you know I got to be here? You know, his mom and daddy was probably mad at him. He's like, hey, it's time. It's time to, for me to start learning this stuff. Because one day I'm going to have to repeat a bunch of it. And he did. I mean, even he, the scripture says he was outstand, outstanding in learning. And, and even, even the, the Pharisees was amazed at, at his understanding of the scripture. I mean, of course, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but man, it's just it's incredible to, to see, see and understand Jesus that Jesus knew the, the Old Testament very, very well. So well that he could respond with everything that he faced with scripture. Everything he faced, he was either rebutted or encouraged by Scripture. Well, yeah, he was there. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, definitely had an understanding of it that we don't. That's for sure. So what is it to wash people's feet? What does it do to a, a person well, it brings humility in their life. You can't wash feet and be a prideful person. You don't see a lot of that anymore. Back in the day, 20 years ago, it was, it was common. It was at least once a year. You know, you had a foot washing. Well, in the, in the older style Pentecostals and, I don't know, did the Baptist people do it? I, I don't know. Now you don't catch Baptist people doing, oh, it's time to go eat chicken, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to a Baptist foot washing, so maybe they don't do it. But Pentecostal-wise, that was pretty common back in the day to 20 years ago to, to go, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon or Friday night foot washing. They, had, they made a whole service out of it. It was a foot washing. And, um, and so, but it was good. I, I've been to quite a few of them and, and, and washed some feet and washed some clean feet and washed some dirty feet and, Wash some old people's feet that's got them toenails that just look like velociraptors fixing to get you. It's like, whew, these things look rough, you know, and, and it does. It's just like, let's wash some feet, you know. And, uh, but it was, you know, it was the humility that took part of it. But for me, I don't know about y'all, but for me, it was more humbling getting my feet washed than it was to be the washer. Did y'all feel that way? It was hard for, it was hard to receive, very hard to receive, but it was easy to give. It was easy to, to, to give that. So I think that's why Peter was so hard at Jesus saying, you'll never wash my feet. If Jesus showed up now, I'd probably say the same thing. It's not for you, God, to wash my feet. Man, imagine that. Imagine Jesus washing your feet. 
And I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it. I mean, it would probably, he would probably have to rebuke me to get on to me, just like Peter. Because I probably wouldn't feel worthy. It would be foreign. It would be out of place. It would be alien in my life to let the King of Glory wash my feet. Like I honestly say, I don't know that it would happen. I don't know. It'd be tough. You would have to let go of some pride. But I guarantee you it would change my life. Instantly. Instantly. I guarantee it did with Peter here. I guarantee it did with the disciples. And they did not fully understand God at this moment. You know, this is one of the first times that they've called him Lord. Because in chapter 12, Lazarus gets brought from the grave. And Greeks seek him out. And they really um, really starting to, to hit home about who Jesus is. And then he goes to washing people's feet and they're like, what in the world is going on? Man. And, and right before Passover at that, you know, Three, four, five days before Passover. So they are they are stuck. They are stuck. Man. It's it's tough. It is tough. So what would y'all say if Jesus wanted to wash your feet? Would you let him? Kind of hard to say no. But you would try to plead your way out of it. But why? Why would you try to plead your way out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Undeserving, man. It's like, you know, to me it's like just another thing, God. Just another thing you've done for me. Man, I couldn't imagine him doing even any more. That's what that's what probably my my reserve would be. It's like you've done enough. I don't need any more, God. Yeah. Or to read it Hebrew translation to really understand washing feet. What the faith feet is. Yeah. Oh, I know them well. And it talks about in Psalm 51, a contrite heart you will not despise. And it's the root root word of repentance. 
Um, it has the same root word, a repentant heart, a turned heart. It actually says it right there, right behind it, a turned heart you will not despise. Um, I, I read, study it down and, and break it down in the Septuagint. The Septuagint is nothing but the Greek, uh, uh, the Greek Old Testament um, that was translated by 70 people uh, just out of Hebrew into Greek. So it was done very well. And so I read out of it a lot. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good book to read from. Washing feet, man, takes humility on both sides. Takes humility on both sides. And Jesus done it. The king of the world washed the feet of his disciples. Sometimes we need to wash feet. We need to wash the feet of our spouses. We need to wash the feet of our kids. We need to wash the feet of our brothers and sisters, family members. Sometimes it's not always physically washing, but spiritually washing. Tell them you love them. Tell them you forgive them. Speak into their life. They love them. Be an example just as Jesus did here. Yeah. I wept on this one today. Go home and study it some more. Go home and read it a couple of times and do some word studies. It's good. It's really good. Um, man. I'm just bent. I'm bent in my spirit tonight just because of where I've been today. And Oh, it's tough. Anybody got anything you want to add? No. Well, let's pray and then we'll we'll get to washing feet. Somebody get us a bowl. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Father, we love you. And we are so grateful for you. We are grateful for the example that you set before your disciples and for all the world. God, that you came to serve, that you left the throne of heaven and you came down to serve your creation. What an incredible God. What an ability to walk in humility, knowing that you are king but yet put yourself in the place of a servant. Let us walk in that same spirit, knowing that we are sons and daughters of you, but we put ourselves servants to one another, servants to your kingdom. And we are here to serve, Lord. We are so grateful for you. We thank you for your spirit of humility. That the spirit of God just allows us to take a moment and reflect on your love in that moment with the disciples. That you lowered yourself to their feet and you cleansed them. You cleaned them, God. You 
God, as Mary did to your feet. Lord, let us do to others. Let us see them in your eyes and see the pain and the, the hurt and the worries of life that they go through. And you still wash their feet. Even when they didn't recognize who you were, you still humbled yourself. We are grateful. We are so grateful, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your love and your mercy.